0: Hey there, Omaha! Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hopping. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin, and this episode is brought to you by my sponsor, Certified Piedmontese. I have a great offer for you, so stick around later in the episode. I want to get that to you. But first, let's get to my guest today. I have to start today's podcast by eating some crow. I am an idiot. I started seeing social media posts about this concept called Sauce by Alfaro way back in April of 2021, and I was really intrigued And There were some great photos, people were saying great things about it after it opened in Louisville, Nebraska, but I was just, I'll be totally honest, I was lazy. I was like, oh, Louisville, that's like a 35-minute drive away, I'm not going to do it. And that's why I was an idiot, because when I finally did visit, I was so blown away by the flavors coming out of this scratch kitchen that I was back a week later and just absolutely thrilled both times and can't wait to get back again. Please use this incredibly long-winded intro to learn to not be like me. Get yourself out to Louisville and get your mind blown by today's guest, Michelle Alfaro. Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here.
0: So of all the conversations I've had on this podcast, <clears throat> I think this is one of the ones I'm most excited for because you are just, from what I know of you, you are just so genuine and so honest and you have such a great story and I can't wait to tell it. But I want everyone just right off the bat, in order to stay up to what's going on, up to date with what's going on at Sauce by Alfaro, make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram. The menu's constantly changing. There's always new specials. You want to stay up uh, knowing exactly what's going on at this restaurant. So as I was kind of putting this conversation together, thinking about how I wanted to introduce sauce to someone who's never had it before, I was thinking about the different menu items that we could talk about from the the legendary bang bang shrimp tacos to the Nashville hot wings to all the different burgers. But I think the one that I settled on is a special that you ran last fall that I don't think I ever would have ordered if okay. I were visiting for the first time. But I think it's the perfect way, but but after tasting your food and hearing the story behind <clears throat> this dish, I think it's the perfect way to start this conversation. Can you tell me about the barbecue spaghetti? <laughs> first, the origin story, and then how you took that origin story and upgraded it into a restaurant-worthy dish.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That dish is, that's fun and it's, it's one I hold dear to my heart. Um, you know, I grew up in a small town, 300 people. We lived on a farm. We didn't have a lot. We sometimes didn't have much at all. So one night my dad was like, we're going to make spaghetti. We didn't have the stuff to make spaghetti sauce. He had barbecue sauce, and he was like, Meh, I'm going to put some barbecue sauce and some chicken with these spaghetti noodles, and we're going to see what we come up with. And it was so good. It was like, (laughs) dad, I don't know what you're doing. Like, this is amazing. It shouldn't be amazing, but it is amazing kind of a thing. And, um, so when I started SAUST, I think my, my thought behind it is taking foods of familiarity, right? Things that are traditional and sacred and beloved by people, but finding a way to elevate it and bring, um, new, life to it. And so barbecue spaghetti is taking part of what my dad did on a night when we didn't have very much to work with and taking uh, my homemade sauces, barbecue sauce and marinara sauce and making a spaghetti dish that You'll taste it and be like, I don't know if I should do it. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then you're like, oh, I definitely should do it. I should do it again and again and again. And it's so good. And the meatballs are homemade and everything is is just made like if I were cooking for you at my house. Like, um, And that's just kind of how it was born. And it takes so much time to do it. I haven't brought that one back, but I have gotten so many requests for the barbecue spaghetti. Really? And I'm like... All right, I need to do this one again for sure. But
0: I guarantee there are some people listening to this right now who are just like, this is madness. Barbecue spaghetti sounds insane. Trust me, once you taste this person's cooking, you will trust her to cook anything. You could say, I'm going to cook barbecue sandals, and I'd be like, sure, I'm in. Let's do it. And, and I love how you described the concept because you said that you you take these traditional familiar dishes that people, they know, from their from their childhood, just from their lives, but you just every one of them has just like a little elevated twist that turns it into like this completely new food item. So like you go to sauce and you bite into a something that's really comforting, like a a burger or a chicken wing or a chicken sandwich or something. But there's just you know, there's that one little ingredient or there's that one little addition that just amps it up a level. How did how did you come up with this concept of what you wanted to do
1: okay this is fun i was driving with my husband one day and i love puns anybody who follows me knows like about sunday pun day like i'm just all about being i'm basically a dad joke trapped in a mom's body (laughs) so it's it's something i super enjoy but i was driving with my husband and i said you know i'm really good at making sauces and he's like yeah and i said we should open up a restaurant that's called Sauce so people can be like, let's get Sauced for dinner and I'll use alcohol to cook in the sauces and I think it just made it funny and he's like I like that idea (laughs) so Sauce was literally born in a thought process just on a drive probably to my dad's, you know, we were just going um, out and I think for me, um, one of my gifts, like, you know, as as I tell my testimony and stuff of how I feel really blessed to be doing this and the impact God's had on this for me. I feel like that's my godly gift is taking flavors that are just unique and different, but maybe sound like, oh, I, that sounds really nice. I want to I eat that. I've never heard of that. I've never tried that before. And combining it with other flavors to really maximize on that um, experience for people and i think that's where where sauce kind of comes from it's just taking these sauce like everyone's had a bourbon barbecue right but i don't know if they've had a bourbon barbecue like mine that's built literally from the ground up there's nothing in there that i don't make myself so it you know the smoky elements and then the spicy elements and then you get the bourbon if you're going to call it bourbon like you should taste the bourbon Mm -hmm. i
0: feel
1: and it just kind of goes um, like that with all of my sauces and and everything. So,
0: I definitely want to get more into your backstory and learn more about how you move from "Hey, let's get sauced on Sunday nights" to running, like actually having this concept up and running. Yeah. But i i want to I want to get people excited. Like, I want to. I always the phrase I like to use is tease some taste buds yeah. and get people like, "Whoa, this restaurant sounds amazing!" So, like, touching on some of these. these concepts that we've talked about that are familiar yet different. I just wanted to bring up, like, a couple dishes just as examples. Yeah. Chicken Alfredo wings, a sweet chili cheese steak, bourbon brisket mac and cheese, and then you even ran a zombie wings special before last Halloween where the wings were, like, green, which sounds (laughs) kind of weird, but they also looked absolutely delicious. But I think you get craziest with your burgers Mm -hmm. from – the bourbon cranberry and brie to the old-fashioned burger to the screwball peanut butter whiskey burger. Like, these things sound insane, but they taste so good. As you're coming up with these these dishes and these flavor combinations that are both familiar and unfamiliar, where do you draw inspiration from?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I look at... There's, there's a lot of restaurants and things in town here. We're very blessed, like in the Omaha area, with like unique restaurants and chefs and things like that where we have a pretty good food scene around here. And I always challenge myself to be a little bit different and think outside of the box, um, which can be hard, you know. And, I, and it's kind of easy to become stagnant on certain things. And so when I think of Phillies, it's, It is meat, and it's cheese, and it's flavor, and it's good. And I'm like, well, how can I make a Philly that's sauced? And so I thought, I've never seen an Asian Philly. And I thought, well, I like Asian food, so I'm going to work with it. And I just kind of, I literally take ingredients, play with them, tell my sous chef, taste this with me, what do you think? And then sometimes even she's like, Michelle, I don't know. What <laughs> this room's a little too far.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and and then she tries and she gets like, Yep, that's good. That's great, you know, and we just kinda go with it. So the freedom of creativity in our kitchen, there are no limits. There's no boundaries. Nothing's too scary to try. Like if if we throw something out there and it's a miss, like it's a miss. But there's nothing we put on our menu that we didn't craft, create, taste, and decide is this good enough for the people coming that are going to try our food and wait for our food and sit and and be excited about it? You know, so the the, the Asian cheesesteak was just one of those things that I was just one day thought, I'm going to try it and see. And it was really, really good, and, and and people were surprised by it. But now as we're developing this momentum, these dishes that you're talking about, People look forward, are looking forward to them, and they're like, all right, if it sounds a little bananas, I want it. I want to try it because it's, it's been a good experience for them so far. So those dishes just come from trying to bring something different to the food scene.
0: The dish, and you just described this perfectly with, <clears throat> with my own experience, the dish that got me and made me a sauce devotee was that screwball peanut butter whiskey burger because I've had peanut butter on a burger before and I like it but it was like peanut butter whiskey bacon cheese um there was a there was a marmalade on there and it was just like all kinds of flavors and it sounded delicious but even as I was ordering it, I was kind of like man th- there's a lot going on here but as soon as I bit into it it was one of those things that on paper like it shouldn't have made sense <laughs> but as soon as you taste it it made all the sense in the world so can you maybe it's just like a way of encapsulating just how you think about food and how you incorporate flavors how did you come up with that burger specifically
1: so I did a poll on Omaha food lovers that was like what is the next burger I should do I let them kind of vote for it and it was between a bourbon cherry burger or a peanut butter burger and how we could make it our own and hands down, they wanted to see a peanut butter burger. And I just refused to just smear peanut butter on a burger and be happy with that. So I was like, I've got to come up with this sauce. So I went in the kitchen and I put stuff together that I thought would, would go well in a peanut butter sauce. And then I, it worked. It was just, um, it had that peanut butter whiskey flavor in there, but also the familiarity of peanut butter like cookies Mm -hmm. almost with that sauce where I just wanted to bake it it was so yummy so you get some sweetness and and the peanut butter in that and then I thought well if we're going to do that we need to have things that complement it I want a little bit of heat in there and a little bit of that salty savoriness and I want a little bit of sweetness that comes with the peanut butter and jelly side of it. So, you know, I made the marmalade, which was the blackberry marmalade. And, you know, and I cooked that with some jalapenos and stuff so that you get a little bit of heat in that marmalade with the sweetness. And then you have the, the savory of the burger. But it was pepper jack cheese, which was intentional, so that you have a little bit another a heat layer in there. And then you have the, the peanut butter whiskey. And it's like all of that together is layered in a specific way so that – on your palate. It all comes together in like a perfect bite and I think that burger was that burger was super successful. We might have to bring that one back. Um I would
0: not complain. Yes, you know. <laughs>
1: but that that's just kind of how it works in my head when I'm building it is every single layer is an intentional layer. There's nothing that I'm just like put that on a bun. It's it's um Thinking of how that's going to go in to someone's palate and where it's going to going to hit on the tongue, and working with peppers and things like that, you know, I don't want to blow out anyone's palate. I want it to work kind of toward the back of the throat and bring some some heat that's enjoyable and not miserable while you're trying to eat your food. And I think that burger is a just a good example of, uh, of that thought process for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be very clear about mm-hmm. something. Everything that we've talked about so far is has really kind of been about embracing the creativity and bringing in, you know, super bold, unique flavors that you might not experience at other places. If you're not an adventurous eater, there's still all kinds of awesome stuff Mm -hmm. to get at Sauce. Like, we're talking about, you know, some of the crazier stuff. There's all kinds of stuff that is... Everything, I think what I want to say here is everything is just extremely well-made. So whether you're getting something that's a little bit more basic or something that's on the more wild side of the spectrum, you know it's going to be awesome. So you can go and just get some hand-cut fries. Mm -hmm. They're going to be crispy, well-salted, delicious. You can get some char-buffed wings, even if you're just getting, you know, one of the normal flavors like a mild or a buffalo or something like that. It's going to be the best version of that. The burgers might have lots of crazy toppings, but that beef itself is the star, and Mm -hmm. it is cooked perfectly. It's seasoned really well. So I just wanted to make sure that I highlighted that and that, Sauce is not all just about grabbing people's attention with, you know, whoa, look at these crazy recipes that I've never seen before. There is quality cooking behind every dish as well. And I kind of wanted to, to get your opinion on that. Like, there are some restaurants that I see that kind of they kind of have these crazy out there dishes with a bunch of ingredients people not, might not expect, but they're kind of like social media gimmicks to get people in the door. And I know that's not what sauce is. So how do you kind of combine these these ideas that people have never seen before, but you still respect and maintain the integrity of the food that you're cooking?
1: You know, I think um, the, it's like what you were just saying—the fun, adventurous side of sauce that brings out these unique dishes and everything. We still maintain the integrity of the food. That is the the foundation of it, right? But it's important, too, for the people. Not everyone's going to want a bang-bang shrimp taco. Maybe they just want a chicken taco or something along that line. So that's where we have some of those traditional items that are still cooked with the same love and, and respect of the ingredients that we do on the on the crazier sides, right? So you did mention the beef. I want to talk about the beef real quick if Let's we talk can. talk about beef, yeah. So um, for us, it's always really important to – use the freshest ingredients that we can. Um, so we get all of our beef locally from the, the butcher in Louisville from the market. So it's businesses supporting businesses, which is always great. Um, but the quality of that beef, it is fresh. It is never, ever frozen. Um, no preservatives, no additives, none of the stuff that can muck up the burger you know so it is made to order fresh to order every single time there's no cheating we're not partially cooking patties you know and setting them aside or we're not um, using frozen patties that we're just setting on the grill it's it's literally freshly made delivered to our kitchen and we cook it every day for people so even if someone just wants a cheeseburger, hamburger, bacon cheeseburger, we have all of that, and it's going to be cooked to the best of our abilities so that they can have those um, simpler but delicious options. Mm -hmm. You know, I always said my grandma taught me a lot. She was a, a simple woman, farm woman. She could take simple ingredients and make them simply good, and I think that's the important part of the, the dishes that are that are the familiar dishes, it's still elevating them through respect of the ingredients and the flavors that we put together, seasoning-wise, etc.
0: That line, simply simple done simply good. <clears throat> that is a perfect encapsulation. I love it. <laughs> is there any special that you've run that pops to the top of your mind right now where you kind of put <clears throat> it on the menu and you're like, I think this is really good. I don't know if the public's going to get it. And it just like... Popped and people couldn't get enough of it.
1: You know, it was the Bang Bang Shrimp Tacos. Yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. Those, <laughs>
0: so good.
1: That was, Damn. um, I had extra shrimp one day, and I said, well, let's put it in a taco and do these Bang Bang Shrimp Tacos, and we, we did it, and then that just snowballed, and people just, it became a beloved item, and now we have special event dates for these Bang Bang Shrimp Tacos, because we will make... 1600 shrimp for a for an event like that and we hand bread every single one of them Mm -hmm. so it is a very long process but when you get them you know I fry the tacos fresh and I in my sous chef she has nailed the breading for that um she hand breads all of them and and Our our team helps with that, too. So everybody who is, like, whether they're a cashier or running or whatever, everyone helps with the prep of this, and it really is a team thing that we do together. But those tacos were born out of, you know what, I need a fun way to get rid of these ingredients and um, use them. Use them, and that was how it was born, just kind of came. So it was... uh, special that was not intended to stay on the menu and was not um, one that we had, you know, previously on our mind. But it just kind of was born out of what we had available and needed to use. And people loved it. So (laughs) it stays around.
0: If there is one defining reason to follow Sauce by Alfaro on Facebook, it's so you can stay up to date and try and, like, as soon as these Bang Bang Shrimp Taco days like go like they're announced you put that on the calendar (laughs) and you figure out how you can get out there trust me one of my favorite things i've eaten in nebraska i don't just say that i wholeheartedly mean it it's absolutely delicious hey there listeners we'll get back to my guest in a minute but i gotta remind you one more time about certified piedmontese now it's common to hear the phrase fat is flavor i know i've said it more than a few times and often it holds true But that's just not the case with certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese beef is far leaner than most breeds, which actually allows you to taste the incredible, rich flavor of the beef instead of just fat. Plus, it's good for you. Certified Piedmontese beef maintains prime-grade tenderness with just a fraction of the fat, calories, and saturated fat. Trust me, for someone who eats out as much as I do, it's nice to get a break from the gut bomb meals. If you're ready to savor steak or burgers without feeling weighed down for the rest of the day, head to piedmontese.com and save 25% off on your order with my promo code HOPPEN. That's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, on Piedmontese.com or over the phone at 1-800-414-3487. Certified Piedmontese proves fat and flavor don't have to go hand in hand. And now, back to my guest. Something that I think is so interesting about your cooking, and you kind of got into this when you were talking about the name, but you love to cook with with adult beverages, whether Mm. it's whiskey, bourbon... um, I I don't know. You've got other ones out there, too. Yeah. I I don't want to put words in your mouth. But what is it about those flavors that kind of add that extra pop to dishes?
1: Oh, man. I love cooking with bourbon. It's my favorite out out of everything that I cook with. And I think it's because of the time it takes to make the bourbon and the notes that you get out of it with the brown sugars and things like that. I feel like it's just a really nice alcohol to, to elevate up these sauces. But it is fun to cook with other alcohols too. I know right now I'm working on like a coconut shrimp dish and so I have Malibu coconut rum that I'm working on a dipping sauce with, you know, just finding ways to take things that again are familiar to people that they enjoy maybe as a pairing with um their food. But it's it's fun to cook with that stuff. Whiskey, scotch, beer, um, you know, it, it, all different kinds of things we are always cooking with over there. We've used Guinness in our chili. My um, sous chef, Tara, she's from Wisconsin. So she's like a cheese guru, and she loves beer, knows about beer, and Nuclarus Spotted Cow, right? Huge in Wisconsin. They don't share it with anybody. It's just a Wisconsin thing. So she brought some back, and she made this amazing beer cheese soup with that nuclear spotted cow. And it was people at times are like, how did you get that spotted cow? And I'm like, my sous chef's got the connections. (laughs) So, you know, but we use that as a way just to elevate it because you can do beer cheese with any kind of beer. It'd be fine. But, man, it's, it's nice to learn the flavors and the components of the alcohol and then use that to enhance your dishes. And so, and it's it's just fun. It's fun to work with that stuff and do the flambés. Even my brisket, like I'll flambé it in bourbon and have bourbon seasoning on it so that it's it's just in there and it's entwined in the inner workings of the food.
0: When did you start <clears throat> incorporating that into your cooking?
1: Um, at home years ago, <laughs> I did. You know, I, I just have always... Um, enjoyed doing that and you know some of these sauces and my salsa and things like that I was making those for years at home and and just for friends and family and it was like we just kind of figured out late in life that I was good at that stuff I guess (laughs) you know.
0: All right I think we're at the perfect point in this conversation to get into your backstory so let's start from the beginning just what got you interested in food and how did you get into cooking?
1: Yeah so Growing up, my my dad, he he's just a really, really, really good cook, and, you know, he in, inspires me in that aspect a lot, because he took very little, and always, no matter what, I just remember, even as a kid, being like, this is so good, Dad. Like, it was just different level, and then my grandma, you know, I remember gardening with her, and, and the simplicity of her food, and they really um, set the tone, I think for my, my food, my love of food. And then I met my husband and uh, met his mom and they, you know, my husband is Mexican. So his mom taught me her side of the, their family's recipes. So I'm Italian, they're, they're Mexican. And I got to learn how to make tamales, tortillas, all of the things that, that, we're special to them. And so we have, um, I kind of got to learn from the best, you know, of simple food and, and the Mexican food. And now I just kind of get to make that my own, but she, my husband's um, mom taught me how to make salsa years ago. And, uh, in 2018, My son wanted to go to El Salvador on a mission trip, and I was like, how am I going to raise money for him to do that? I want him to be able to go, but it's kind of expensive, and so I started selling my salsa, and that salsa took off. It was like, we sold like $700 of salsa in a day, and so we were like, wow, that is a miracle. Like, awesome, right? So... I was right. I was working for the city at that time and I was doing reports. And, you know, because my background is I have a master's from Villanova, public administration. I was halfway through a doctoral program when I felt like God was kind of calling me to do something else. And so I, I contacted Hy-V and told them the story. And they said, We want to try it. Made salsa that I was like, hoping was the best salsa I had ever made in my life, right? And took it to them. They tried it. They loved it. They said they wanted it in their stores. And within six months, I was in 13 of the 14 Hy-Vees in the local area. <clears throat> and I just remember talking with my husband and being like, how am I going to handle all the salsa and working and all these things? And, you know, I think um, – uh, the scripture that stood out to us at that time, is, was it was Proverbs 16, 3, and said, Commit to the Lord, and he will establish your plans. And we did just that. So that commitment meant resigning from the city, resigning from sick days, vacation time, benefits, all of the comforts that come with having that kind of a job, and just committing to to doing um, what we felt God was calling us to do. And so the salsa thing, I did that for almost a year. We did farmer's markets. We had a little place. We were doing all the manufacturing, all the distributing. So that means 100 hours a week we are in the kitchen making salsa, putting every sticker on the the container, closing all the containers, dating them, delivering them, taking off the... any that were left on the shelf and and making sure the new ones were fresh and were on the shelves and it was like a lot to do and after a while I was like I need to set the salsa stuff aside and and start working on the food and that's where we did our little pop-ups at the farmer's market grilling in the park and we started doing pop-ups at other places around Omaha and Papio areas and then uh, catering and all of that, and started, and you know, then things happened where all of a sudden the sales were were going down. Winter was really tough on us, and then you know, not long after that, COVID happened and all of that. So that part um, we had to kind of close that door, and man, that's hard. It's hard to do that because you really put your whole self into something, and you're like oh, my goodness, I failed. I, oh, but um, I would just encourage anybody listening that's maybe going through something where they feel like they didn't hit the mark or they failed or something to know, like, there's more for you. Like, just don't give up and keep pursuing and fighting for what you know and believe in and do. Because here we are now after that, Um we opened in 2021 that's a couple years later and this last not even quite a year yet because a year will be on Cinco de Mayo and I'm sure we will have something fun planned on that day um but here we are not even a year into this business and the love that we're receiving from people and um the growth that we've seen and the momentum that we have is just a testament to that perseverance and when when you know uh, that God's in control, you just kind of can really see it in action. And we are a 100% example of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think the backstory of us is it has been challenging, it has been ups and downs and, oh, battles, my goodness, battles. But now um, the reward is coming a little bit and that is just amazing it's such um, an honor to be a part of it honestly mm-hmm.
0: so now the challenges and the battles are we're swamped on a Saturday night <coughs> mm-hmm. and people are calling in and it's just insane how many orders that you have yeah so take take me back to those times, especially you know as a salsa business is coming to a close and, and COVID's happening so you know not a lot of pop-ups are going on what got you through those times what what helped you persevere like you mentioned?
1: Oh my family for sure um, it was there were tough days, you know and I think my husband on those tough days he's like my rock my reminder of continuing and 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 then there were days when when the opposite was probably true and might but my family is they're my They're my anchors. They keep me focused and humble and encouraged and all of those things. So they definitely were what got me through. And then, you know, in that um, time, it was important for me to learn, too. So I knew that I always wanted to have a restaurant and all of that, right? So I didn't lose focus of that. But I thought, in this time, how can I go about educating myself and learning more about the industry. So um, I had applied for two jobs. One was another city planner job. I wasn't sure. Maybe I made the wrong choice, and I shouldn't have, have done that. Um, and one was to honestly be a server at a restaurant because how can I train a team that I I want to have without knowing what they had to do? So I um, I just kind of I, I asked God to close the door that wasn't meant to be, and the I made it into the final round of the planner, and I didn't get that job, and I was like, okay, that was my that was clear for me, and I took the server position, and within probably a couple months, I was promoted into a managerial position, and I was handling um, bar responsibilities, dining room responsibilities, things along that line, and helped build a team. And that really helped set a foundation um, of experience for me, uh, which was very valuable. And now I can use that experience as I'm working with Sauce and my team. And it's just kind of in in that moment of time, it was like, oh man, am I doing the right thing? But now, in the hindsight of it, it was, oh, I was learning. I was I was being equipped with. Some of the skills that i need to do this successfully
0: so i love so much that part of the story because it's a common refrain that i've heard many very successful chefs say is that sometimes actually oftentimes you have to take a step back mm-hmm. to take a step forward so that might mean you're a you're a successful chef somewhere but you you need to go take a job in a different type of cuisine or you need to take a month off and go stage at a couple different restaurants or in your case you need to go just be a server somewhere and see what it's like to mm-hmm. navigate restaurant life, see some of the things behind the scenes that we as customers have no idea right. what's going on. What, are, what do you think, looking back, are some of the most important things that you learned working at that restaurant that helped you open Sauce?
1: There's a lot of things. There's a lot of back end things that I wouldn't know how to do inventory-wise, um, managing. Keeping an uh, idea of not overbuying, you know, so that we can always maintain that freshness quality. So trying to make sure that that business side of things helped me a lot. But probably the biggest thing was just the people. As someone who is studying human capital management, I know the value of people that any business, your people or your biggest capital in that business they are the most important part of it and so having to build a team that was very small into I think we got up to 20-ish people um, doing that from start to to finish was really good and that is something that's very foundational the people in at Saust on my team the people that we interact with that are customers our mission at Saust is to bring joy to people through food. We are dedicated to doing that. So just being exposed to someone who had to provide hospitality to people, it's more than just bringing you a glass of water and a plate of food and telling you to enjoy your time. Like taking it to the hospitality standard is setting a whole new level where you really want to make sure they know they're cared for and they're they're loved and, and appreciated and all of those things. So I think that was Probably my biggest lesson out of that because even when I worked there, I still have relationships with people from that building that are, or from that restaurant that are still supporting us because we made an impact on them through serving food. How cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I think that's probably the biggest thing for me mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you learned a lot on that job. At what point did you start feeling comfortable that, okay, I've had this dream of opening a restaurant. Maybe it's time to actually like start pursuing that.
1: Yeah. That was an another area of this thing that we've been doing for three years that was challenging. We had we had an opportunity to open a restaurant and I again committed, right? And I put my notice in I was just trusting that it was the right time. And then as you go through stuff, sometimes you start to realize that maybe it's not the right time. And so we we pulled back from that and had to take another little break. And then it was like when one door closed, another door opened. And it took time to get there. And so that's how I knew it was the right one. It was... Um, just everything fell into place perfectly for us to do the venture. So we started I think we did a test run in May for like seven um seven services. And then after that it's just been since June of twenty twenty one. We've been rocking it back there. So and I think the important thing too to know about sauce. is I'm back there cooking. I'm not um, I we don't have a huge team. so it is there are two chefs. It's me and Tara and we are doing that together. Every single thing that comes out of that kitchen, we touch, we cook, we prep. We are there 14 to 16 hours a day to make sure that we're doing justice to to what we have on the menu. So it's just kind of um, kind of a fun little fact. it's there's two chicks back there that, are neither one are culinarily trained um, and, and rocking it out back there to bring what we hope is a great experience to anyone that, that comes to sauced.
0: Do you think that there's a benefit maybe to not having culinary training? I mean, obviously, you know, going to culinary school, working in kitchens and everything, that that's clearly very important. Yeah. But also, not being culinarily trained, it allows you to kind of fall back on, you know, these comforting recipes Mm -hmm. that you remember. And I think it gives you a little more freedom to paint outside the lines and kind of do something that might be unconventional, but it, but it's you, is there something to
1: that? I do think there is. Um, I've said that before. I, I think uh, being a chef is in your heart. Um, And I, and I think it's awesome culinary school is is great. You can learn so much and and all that. So I'm definitely not taking away from that at all. But I I do feel like um, everything that I do as a chef is, it is purposeful and it is intentful. It just, and it comes from the heart. There's a passion there. And if without that fire and and love and passion for it, I don't think I'd be the, the chef that I am. And so I I I see the benefits to both, but I do think that uh, because I'm not technically trained and have to follow maybe a certain um, standard, I, I'm like, no, I'm going to be free and creative and, and all of that with it. And there are so many successful chefs that have that same story, you know, so... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you can you can definitely go both paths. To be mm-hmm. clear, I'm not saying anything bad about culinary school. Yeah. They're, it, it's just everyone has an individual story. Some mm-hmm. people, yeah, it's great to be in that classroom environment and learn the classic techniques and learn how to Brunoise and learn you know the mother sauces in class and everything. Mm-hmm. And some people you mm-hmm. just get in a kitchen and just cook and just figure it yes. out. Yes. And <laughs> and that's it's clearly worked for you. So I, I want to take this time right now to kind of explain Sauced a little bit more. It's a concept. It's to-go orders Mm -hmm. uh, for right now. Take out and to-go. You call in, place your order, you can come pick it up and and go. Or you can get it and then you can eat it in the restaurant next door, which is the Good Times bar. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of space in there. You guys will deliver right to the table. It's very convenient either way you want to do. So I want you to Take me back to that first day. You mentioned you kind of had those seven trial um, days, meals. I'm not sure exactly what to call it, but like take me back to the first one of those. Like you've had this idea building and this love building for years and now you finally get to like unleash it to the world. What was that feeling like for you?
1: Oh, it was so good. It was such an awesome day. Um, we, were, we actually did tacos. It was Cinco de Mayo. And we were like, oh, this is going to be awesome, right? And then it happened. It, we, we didn't announce it. It was supposed to be like the soft opening. But if you've ever lived in a small town, the scuttlebutt gets around. <laughs> like everybody knows everything about everybody. And they knew we were going to be doing tacos. And so uh, it was just me back there
0: oh wow um
1: at that point um my my sous chef Tara was not on the team yet she started shortly thereafter so that night it was just me and I was not expecting the amount of tickets that we had and the amount of people that came to support us and so it went from super super exciting to this is a little bit scary to this is very chaotic and this is um it was kind of insane but We got through the service, and what that did and the whole intent of that was to immediately identify the holes in the service, right, and try to understand where improvement can be made, and I think that's important for us to this day and in perpetuity of our existence. We're going to always be looking for ways of improvement, whether it's efficiency or how to... Manage ticket times a little bit differently, and I think when we talk about sauce, it's important to say like we have two phone lines. We only had one at the beginning, so now we have two that we're handling. Eventually, we hope to to get better with how many we we can take in orders, maybe even online at some point. But we have to grow slow right now. So we're but we're constantly striving to make improvements to people's experience and the wait times and things like that. And I think at Sauce, one of the things with being to-go that is challenging is when you go to a sit-down restaurant, you have um, ambiance and time where your appetizers come out, your soups and side salads come out, then your entrees, and you're kind of grazing while you're waiting for your for your main course to come out, but at Sauce we do we do everything all at one time, so you're getting everything um, on your table delivered at the same time because it is to go. So essentially, what we are is a kitchen, and we just serve um, curbside and into the bar at Good Times. Um, the fact that Good Times allows us to do that is just it's amazing. It's just another example of uh the small businesses supporting small businesses in Louisville. But they allow our customers to go in and sit at that table and have more of a dine-in experience and I think that that's crucial be- to the success of um what we're doing because there's just having that opportunity is is really nice. Um but uh we we stay true to what we're doing and those wait times sometimes can get extended but we're always in there cooking if you come at noon and eat or come at eight o'clock at night to eat you're getting the same quality of meal so we we don't skimp on on that back in the kitchen either so it's just it's kind of fun we're like a food truck with no wheels that nobody can get to Unless you're at the curb or in the bars, so but that's kind of what we are. We're just a kitchen. We don't have that, but we're trusting that at some point we'll have the ability to take the next step and and hopefully someday get a brick and mortar or see what see what happens. I
0: for one am very excited for that day, and and I love that you you said we have to grow slow because I know that. <clears throat> You would never do this. I know that in the back of your mind, there's probably been those whispers that are like, I bet we could open up three phone lines if we use pre-portion patties or if we used frozen French fries or if you just cut corners just a little bit here and there and didn't quite make it that 100% quality, but it's like 95 we could serve more customers, we can make more money, but you will not sacrifice quality. And that's something that I love about you so much.
1: Thank you. It's important to me to and to Tara, both of us, to make sure that we're honoring the ingredients. If people are gonna come to Sauce, we want them to have that experience. Um, because we love food that much, right? Like there's so much goodness in it and there's memories with food and there's things that can can just really be locked into those moments in time when you're experiencing food so we want that to be the best and yes there there are definitely methods we could use in the kitchen to help improve those times even more but the important thing is yes make those changes without compromising the food and the quality of food, and if it does that, then I'm not interested in doing it. I want to make sure that the food is great that comes out of that kitchen, and and that's how we do. We mm-hmm. do it that way every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even from breading, like our our boneless wings, we hand bread those in house every day. So we marinate them, we cut them, we trim them, we bread them every single day. Same with our tenders. Our burgers are always fresh. The sauces are made fresh. Like, we we love the food that much that we are willing every day to come in for those hours and and, not skimp on the process, you know? It's a super important part of us.
0: Let me pause while I wipe a tear away from <laughs> mine. That was beautiful. Oh, thanks. It needs to, like, go on a poster somewhere. <laughs> um, so you mentioned in a small town like Louisville, the scuttlebutt gets around everybody hears about sauce and they're like hey let's go to Cinco de Mayo taco night people had a good experience you know at that point you're starting to become something in the community but now sauce is something where people are coming from omaha they're coming from lincoln Mm -hmm. they're coming from grand out they're making Mm -hmm. a drive and committing to come in were you surprised at the response from other cities
1: yeah yeah i definitely was I. I tell my husband, you know, it's it's an honor to, like, do this, and I genuinely mean that. Like, the fact that people are willing to drive an hour, hour and a half. We've had people come from Wisconsin in oh, Iowa, wow. and it's like, wow, for, for our food, like, that is nothing to take lightly, or, like, the people who come for their birthdays, I just want, you know, like, that is so special to me, because I know... When it's my birthday and I'm like, oh, I get to choose. Where am I going to go today? I want to go here. I want to go there. It's my favorite place, right? Like, it's that that day that you just get to splurge and do what you want and kind of be spoiled, right? And they're like, I want to go to Sauced. Man, that is so awesome. And it's like, I just can't tell you how that makes me feel. I don't have words for the amount of... um joy that I feel when someone is like I want your food on my special day that is just such an honor and we try to if we know like we'll write like nice messages on their boxes some people have come for an anniversary dinner and we're like happy anniversary like we write to them and that's just another way that we try to like bring joy to to people's experience there and yeah it's pretty cool so when people are like I had a lady call the other day she was coming from Syracuse and she's like, I love your food. And I'm like, I love that. You love my food so much that you're willing to drive that far to come and get it. And, you know, I think she's like, Oh, I do it. I do it all the time. I've brought my sister. I've done these things. And she's like, and, and I told them how great your food was and they didn't believe it, but now they tasted it and they believe it. And I was like, yes, you know, that's great. But yeah, they, it, it's very humbling to know like they're willing to do that for my food. Like I I can't wrap my mind around that very much sometimes, but it's um yeah, it's it's awesome and I'm thankful for it for sure.
0: Is that part of I know part of it is the love for food, but is that another part of, you know, when you're when you're handbreading <clears throat> hundreds of shrimp, when you're cutting those chicken tenders, when you know, when you're doing all those processes and you're working 16 hours a day like you mentioned? Mm-hmm. Is hearing testimonies like that, is that, like, when you're on the line just doing these tasks, is that something that keeps you going?
1: Oh, absolutely. It absolutely does. Like, I think when you hear, that was amazing, that food, I'll be back, like, I saw lived up to the hype, like, those kinds of things, I, there are moments when you just get emotional and it's like... Yes, like I'm doing something I should be doing. it's like a validation kind of a thing in one way, but then it's just like it's a motivator. like it's like you cannot ever stop doing what you're doing as far as quality is concerned because they see it, they taste it, they they get it to go box and people are like, it looks like it does in the picture. That's crazy. How does that happen? How do you get it to look like that? And I'm like, it's kind of like when you hear a singer on a CD, like you expect them to sound that way when they're live, right? Like I, I look at the food the same way. Like if I'm showing you that photo, I take those photos every day that get posted. I'm, I'm the one taking those photos. And so that means it better look like that when it goes out of the kitchen. And it does, we work really hard to do that. And so when people take the time to write a review or take the time to even write a comment or private message me I literally that is it's, it is the best motivator and just comforting knowing that I'm doing them proud you know mm-hmm. yeah, it's awesome. I love that so much. yeah.
0: So I want to end this conversation by, by teasing out the, the seasonal menu that you're going to have coming up. But before we get to that, I've got mm-hmm. a couple questions that I love to ask uh, just about every guest that comes in here. And I think your answers are going to be really interesting to this. The first one is, what is one thing about the people outside of the restaurant industry, just diners in general, don't understand about the restaurant industry that you wish they did
1: that's a good question and i think um right now in the time that we're in is that it is challenging at times to get certain ingredients or certain supplies that a couple of years ago were not very difficult to get and i i think um just understanding if we're sold out of something or um, don't have something available that we normally would, to have, have a little grace and understanding that sometimes there are things that are outside of our control. We're always working in that kitchen to bring everything that we can in the best way that we can. Um, but there are definitely some challenging things with City's environment that all restaurants are feeling at one time or another. You know, shortages, things like that. hmm um, and I think sometimes it's it's it would be nice um, to just let people know like we're always working There's there if there's a ticket on the line which on the weekends there are, are always tickets on the line we are back there working as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible to get the food out and so but our customers for the most part are super understanding of the wait times and get it but it's just um, we're back there trying to make something great, you know. And, uh, yeah, those are probably the two challenges mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> of it mm-hmm. for us. Well, something that I – to hit on your your first point there, something that I really appreciate that you do is you do – every day that you're open, you have a daily Facebook post. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, here's the off-menu specials. You have, like you mentioned, the great pictures and everything. If you are out of something, you're clear and upfront about that. like you'll say hey guys I'm really sorry but there's a huge chicken tender shortage right now we're not going to have tenders today Mm -hmm. we'll get them back on the menu as soon as possible I think just extending that to diners and to customers goes a long way because at least that that gives them an expectation and it kind of peels back that curtain a little bit because there are just shortages in everything right now whether it's food or not like I'm, I work at a church, and we tried to order blue T-shirts mm-hmm. this past weekend, and we were told we couldn't get them. Like, it's just a reality in the mm-hmm. world, and I think the more understanding people are about that, just the nicer we'll be to each other, right. I hope at least. Yes, <laughs> you
1: know, I think so too. And, yeah, it's, um, the, it, you're right. Like, the T-shirt thing, to-go boxes,
0: yeah,
1: lids for portion cups, I was like, It's for portion cups. It's the most random things sometimes that you're like, oh, no way that's going to have a shortage. And then you're like, oh, I can't get portion cup lids. You know what I mean? And it's all of a sudden a big deal. But yeah.
0: I saw, um, I was at a restaurant the other day and this restaurant charged $2 extra if you were getting your food to go because obviously Mm -hmm. they have to put it in a container and everything. And I heard some people, some customers not being super happy about that. And I was like, you you know that costs them money, right? Mm-hmm. Your entire life, you haven't had to pay for that to go container. You have I mean, think of the hundreds of dollars that people take, whether it's in a cup or a to-go container or anything that mm-hmm. they haven't paid for. Mm-hmm. Now they have to pay for it the first time. And they're like, Ah, I don't like it. Yeah. But anyway, off the negative stuff. I right. wanna I wanna end on a positive note. And I think you've probably answered this question at some point or another, maybe several points during this conversation, but to so just sum it up nicely, what is your favorite part about being in the restaurant industry?
1: Oh, goodness. Well, the food is, you know, probably our favorite thing, but for me, it's the people. I I absolutely love our customers. Our customers are so loyal. And it's just feeling like I'm going to work every day to do This crazy job that the total mission is to bring joy to people through. And I want to make an impact. I think that's probably one of my biggest prayers is how God can use me in this situation to make an impact on people. And I think uh, that's probably the biggest joy that we have out of this whole experience. Because we just want to do that so bad. That is like... um, we're passionate about people and we're passionate about food. So, you know, I got really lucky to be able to do this job. <laughs> oh,
0: that's yeah. a beautiful sentiment. Uh, well, I, I for <clears> one, am very excited to see just, I mean, this thing is a rocket ship. It is just <laughs> exploding. You look at how far it's come in such a short amount of time, The, just the social media response, the excitement that people have. So just for someone, if someone's listening to this, or if they haven't been a sauce. Even if they have been a sauce, we've got a new spring menu coming out. Yeah, this is re- this episode is releasing at the end of March. So whatever whatever is upcoming on the new menu that you feel comfortable teasing out, red carpet. Let's let's tease <laughs> some taste buds.
1: I will say we're in the process of developing this menu, but I promise some freshness and uniqueness that's going to come with some vibrant spring flavors. We're working on a new dessert that in. Limoncello. Ooh,
0: there and
1: we go. then we're also talking about adding some fresh house made cheeses to the menu. So one of those being ricotta. And I love making a lemon ricotta that has uh, the zest of fresh lemons in there. And we're going to have some fun new ways to do that. We are working on testing out some recipes that include um, rice balls Ooh. and. Um, Just a couple little fun things like that. And so I won't give it all away. Keep an eye out for that for sure. But a lot of fresh, uh, tasty ingredients that we're going to be utilizing this spring.
0: Well, you don't show the whole movie in the movie trailer. You just tease people (laughs) a little bit. You get them excited and then you pull them in. Mm -hmm. So again, follow Sauce by Alfaro on Facebook. uh, Michelle is so good at posting about the specials and the different things that are going on on the menu every single day. It takes a long time to scroll back and do research on <laughs> on some of the initial posts I realized because she posts so often and it's great there's fantastic photos that are very very enticing and if my personal endorsement means anything I love this place. Like that I've only been twice that is that number is going to only increase in the future. I'm like this is one of those places you take one or two bites and you just, you know, you know, there's certain restaurants where you can just tell this is something special. This is not run of the line. This isn't even, you know, something better than that. This is like upper echelon cooking. It's so cliche to say that you can taste love in cooking here. You can, I fully believe that I endorse this restaurant. I love it. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast you. today. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Hey, Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. Bye. <laughs> A Huda Media Production.